0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Good Saturday morning to you. Get those Lawn and Garden questions ready for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney this morning. Good morning, Teresa. I know she's there somewhere.
2: Good morning, Danny, people and people up there. Can you hear me?
1: I can indeed. How are you?
2: Oh, I am well. How are you?
1: I'm doing quite well, too, as a matter of fact. Did you, did
2: you survive the, the storms and everything?
1: Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Uh, it has around, been. <laughs> really big time around CCO land. But uh, uh, looking out the window this morning, grabbing some uh, some coffee, I see uh, the sun is out. It looks like a nice morning.
2: It does and, look uh, like a nice morning. It's nice and cool, so it's absolutely yes. wonderful, in my opinion.
1: Uh, we'll, uh, as usual, welcome any kind of a lawn or garden question you might have uh, for Teresa. And, again, it's the same number applies to either the phone call or text, 651-989-9226. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get real busy real fast. So if you do have any kind of a question, I would urge you to call it in or text it in as soon as you can. As soon as you think of it, uh, give us a call or send uh, send the text. Again, 651-989-9226. Well, I can tell you and uh, waiting for calls that are already coming in, what I'm planning on doing here in the next couple of weeks is maybe two or three weeks is uh, to get some seeding, some grass yes. seeding work done. There's a good yes. time, isn't it?
2: It's a wonderful time. Uh, what you want to do is you want to wait till the weather uh, you know, end of August is absolutely perfect to overseed. And if you have any questions that, about lawns or gardens or anything we can't get to today, you want to go to extension.umn.edu. And there's another thing you could be doing this time of year is heading out to the arboretum. Um, Julie wanted me to let you all know that they're still open out there. You can get you need half hour reservation. Once you're there, you can stay as long as you like. Uh, you just you it's um, contactless, so you have to you have to reserve and show your little pass at the gate, and you can head in there. They have all the paths set up one way. Wear your mask outside or inside the. Um, the store is still open. The restaurant is not, but you can bring a picnic if you like, and you can get out there and enjoy nature and take some pictures or just be out in nature and enjoy it. But, yes, the Arboretum is open, so so Fantastic. do get out there.
1: Was, it's such a great resource. And you talk about I was looking at the forecast, and I think we got some good weather to do that very thing. Some great, we uh, do. Yeah. All yeah. right. Tell you what, getting calls already. In fact, let's do this. Let's go back to the phones. Then we have some text messages to Teresa. Uh, Tom is calling in from Anoka, I believe. Tom, you're on with Teresa. Oh, hey, Thank Tom. you. Say, I have a number of tall, 60-foot, tall pine trees with the long, long needles. Yes. And I got a number of branches that are hanging so low they're touching the ground. Can I cut them off this time of year, or when do I wait?
2: You can, you can cut. You, what you want to do is minimize your cutting because needles don't absorb as much photosynthesis. So you want to minimize your, your evergreen cutting to maybe, you know, 15 to 20% maximum. If there's a lot of branches, you may have to do this over a few years, maybe one or two years. But go ahead and cut off the minimum number that you need. Pine trees and, and evergreens have very shallow roots. So, you want the, they have lower branches to shade those root areas. So, it's okay. The tree doesn't mind if the branches touch the, gr- touch the ground, but we do sometimes. So, trim off the minimum you, minimum amount that you can. And just remember they have those really shallow roots. So, with the sun beating on those roots, you may need to give it a little extra water if necessary at times. But, yep, yeah, you can go ahead and, and clean them.
1: Very good. 651-989-9226 is our text and phone number. Uh, Speaking of text, somebody, we were talking about grass uh, seeding. Uh, This texter wants to know uh, how to cover, should they cover the grass seed as they've planted it, newly planted
2: (laughs) Okay, so what you want to do is you want to make sure that the seed itself has really good um, seed to soil contact. So you want to make sure that you've pressed, you've maybe cut your other grass a little shorter, and then you you press that seed so it's really touching the soil. You want to keep it damp. You don't need to cover the grass seed for the for the sake of it growing it back. <laughs> In fact, you don't want to, but you may need to protect it from birds and um, and mice and things. So in that case, you may want to put a light dusting of straw over it, or if you've mowed your grass before and you don't have an herbicide on your grass, let it dry for just a little bit, rake it up, um, let it dry out in the driveway, and then you can use that as a temporary hiding from the, from the seed, from the birds. Especially when you start seeding in the fall, we've got a lot of birds flying over, they're migrating, so, that's expensive bird food you just put down, so you probably just want to protect it. And just remember to keep it moist. That's why seeding in August into September is really great because the ground's nice and warm, helps the grass seeds sprout. But the nights and the days are cooler, and there's a lot of dew out there, so that helps. Just perfect sprouting weather for grass seed.
1: Excellent. Texture wants to know: Can I still trim my ewes?
2: You can't. Uh, what is today? You know, if you're just at the very end of the trimming season. I would say if you have to, get it done this weekend. If you, in fact, all your pruning should be done this weekend. Mm-hmm. You really don't want to have to do any more pruning for the rest of the season. So, get it done this nice cool weekend, and then you're free for the rest of the year to do everything else um, until we get the hard frost and the ground is frozen. Then you can mm-hmm. turn back your your other, just so just buds if you must. But I. You want to get your preening done now or wait till springtime.
1: Okay. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. I think Billy is calling in from Minneapolis. Billy, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Billy. Hi. Hey, um, I'm pretty staunch on trying to keep my yard nice and green, you know, just for my own pleasure, really. And uh, and uh, this past summer, it's been sort of dry, and I've tried to keep watering it. And I got these brown spots. Like just sporadically spread out to the air, but some of them almost look like carbon. It's so flat there isn't yep. any life. I've had luck in the past with that grassy that kind of grows in a couple of days. I'm almost thinking about cutting cutting that out and just
2: putting new sod there. Just frustrating. I, I don't know. What, what, okay. What's your okay. So so first, um, I would suggest that you go to the to the website extension.umn.edu and look under the the grass area, the lawn area, and see what you're seeing. If those brown patches, you can pull them up like carpet, that is grub damage because the grubs have eaten the roots, and you need to address that issue. So if they're just a small area, you don't have to worry if it's larger. You may want to address the issue at the proper time with the proper proper products. Otherwise, go ahead. It's You know, I'd probably wait a week or two to seed. It's just a little bit early yet. We might still get some hot weather. Um, But, yeah, if it's not not grubs and they're just dying, Uh, you know, take off that area, add a little compost to the soil, put down your seed mix, good seed to soil contact, if you're just seeding a bare area, you want to imagine a square inch, and you want five to seven grass seeds in there, five to seven seeds in there. That will give the grass seed um, uh, area to sprout and grow and not crowd each other out and just keep it moist and good luck.
1: All right, Very good. In fact, we a couple of text messages uh, refer to the same thing, the, the bald spots yep. in the grass. It, it could be, yep. you're saying, uh, Japanese I, beetle grubs. Right,
2: it could be beetle scrubs or it could be the new European shaper that we've just found here, so. You want yeah. to figure out what you're seeing out there, and if it is the Shafer you want to uh, let the arrest the pest people know that, so that they can track where this where this invasive insect is. Uh, we've got all that information on our website on the Yard and Garden News. It's all there, so you can get pictures, you can see everything, and we've got it with the way that the climate's warming up, and our winter sometimes aren't as long. Uh, we have hotter weather, we have more storms that can bring you know the winds can bring insects in people travel can bring insects in so things are just changing all the time so you want to kind of keep up on that because there's a lot of stuff that's coming in that we've never seen before wow
1: well, i'll tell you yeah. what theresa we need to take a quick break here but we have more show to come on our smart garden show call in or text in your lawn or garden questions 651-989-9226 back with more on this saturday smart garden on news talk 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn garden questions, 651-989-9226 for phone calls and text messages. And as usual, Teresa, we have a bunch of both. So uh, see how many folks we can help out. Let's go to the phones first of all. I think Wayne is calling in from Forest Lake this morning. Wayne, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Wayne.
2: Hi, good morning. Uh, my question today is: uh, Some of my irises, uh, the blades, leaf blades, are turning brown. Uh, what is I, something I should be worried about? How can I fix it or help Good me? Good question. Uh, this is also the great time to be dividing your irises and peonies. Um, not peonies. Um, to be moving your peonies, you don't normally divide them, but if you want to divide them, you can. And um, looking at your irises, um, thinning them out. And this is a great time then to be inspecting them for iris borer and things like that. So you could be seeing iris borers or you could just be seeing a rust on there, or just die back because the leaves are old and they're and they're going by. So what you want to do is just look into it. Go to the extension line, get some information from the Yard and Garden News. You really, or the Yard and Garden line, if you really still can't figure out what's going on. Take some really good, clear pictures, and you can actually send those to master gardeners. Um, there's a link on the yard and garden line. Um, they'll be able to work it out and help you figure out what's doing uh, what's going on. but right now is a great time even to pull up those corns, inspect them, um, you know divide them out if you have to. Remember the corns tend to go in one direction, the mother corns, so try to make them when you're planting them. You can figure it out once you pull it up. You'll be able to see where the new growth is, and it's always going to be on the same side. And you want to plant those that the irises are moving away from the other irises so that they're not going to move into each other and get thicker and thicker. You want them to be nice and open, and that will help you. And remember to leave the back of the iris corn up so you can see it on top of the ground. There's great information on the Yard and Garden line.
1: Yeah, great resource for sure. We'll Mm -hmm. mention that again, of course. Uh, Texter wants to know, when's the best time to trim uh, ash and maple trees?
2: Maples you can trim any time. Ash trees, when when you're trimming trees that are impacted by insects or diseases, like your oaks, elms, ashes, and your fruit trees, the, the easiest thing to remember is, could there be bugs outside? If there's bugs active outside, don't trim. Uh, so that means then that you want to be some, doing some pr- pruning in, you know, December, January, February. Uh, so it, it's a little uncomfortable. Now, if you have to trim something, one of those trees, any of those those more susceptible trees, at this time, sterilize all your pruning equipment. You'll need a pruner sealer and then make your cut prune properly. And after the cut, then you seal you sterilize your pruner again, and then do another cut. So it's it's sterilized, cut, seal, sterilized, cut, seal, and, uh, and that's what you can do.
1: All right, back to the phones we go. Uh, Jim is calling in uh, from Burnsville, I believe. Jim, you are on with Teresa Rooney.
2: Hey, Jim. Morning. I, um, I grew peas this year and I, in my garden, and I didn't have much of a yield. And I've been reading about them, and they said they like a, a more acidic soil. Where can I take a soil sample to get uh, a reading on my soil? That's excellent question. Two things. First of all, uh, peas also like cooler weather, so you need to plant them really early, or you can be planting them um, now or in a few weeks for your fall crop. So they need to be, they need cool weather. Um, The acidic soil, that could be an issue, um, but you can also just go to the um, extension.umn.edu. It has some really great information about how to send a soil test in, or you can just Google soil test. U-M-N, and it'll talk you right through how to do it. It runs $16, 17 and it's a real good way that will give you your soil acidity. It will give you what the soil uh, is, if it's um, uh, sandy or clay, and it'll also tell you some other information uh, about what your soil is doing.
1: That's great. Yeah, yeah. good question. Texter wants to know, what are the pros and cons of, of planting a royal star magnolia in a northwestern suburb of Minneapolis, and would it be best to plant in the fall or spring? They say their soil is clay.
2: Okay. Uh, first of all, when you it, it would be good. Uh, go ahead and plant it. Uh, you want to plant it where it's going to be getting eastern exposure, or some protection from the hot west sun during the summer and the winter, or the hot south sun during the summer and the winter. Uh, It would be good. You can go ahead and plant it. Raise it up a little bit, so make sure you plant it a little bit high. You don't want to amend your soil too much because you want the plant roots to go out looking for nutrition. You don't want to make it too nice for them in their little hole. So you don't have to put compost in when you plant trees or anything like that. Just plant a little high so that, if possible, the water can drain away from the tree and it won't have any impact on getting the roots over soggy like that. Uh, Summer fall, whenever you can get them, uh, you can plant them. I'd probably get them in by maybe the middle or the 20th of September. That's when you want to get those trees planted by so they have time to adjust into the winter, make sure you water real well, and then protect them from critters over the winter time so that they don't eat the bark. And we do have a lot of magnolia scales, so just be on the aware of that. Good
1: luck. All right, very good. You know what we need to do uh, is uh, take a break and uh, right. we'll alert our listeners uh, on the line. Stay there. We'll uh, be right back, and we'll pick up on your phone calls and text messages here on our Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions as usual. And as usual, Teresa, I'll say it again: callers and texters. Uh, we have uh, quite a few, of course, and uh, let's get to it. billions. I, yes, billions. Al, I think in St. Paul has been waiting the longest. Al, what is your question for for Teresa? Hi, Al. Thanks uh, for
2: waiting. The last time or two, people have been calling in because they're and in size, uh, they might be needing high, high phosphorus,
1: the middle number. Oh, um, what was your comment?
2: That, I, I didn't... You cut out... We, cut we out missed perfectly. that
1: first part, Dal. Yeah. Um, the, um,
2: the tomato growers have been complaining about their... Their tomatoes have not been increasing in size. And uh, they might just need high phosphorus fertilizer. And then um, the, the third... Third number on a package of fertilizer, um, potash, that's for rooting crops like potatoes and uh, and beets and so forth. Were you able to hear? Yep, that was great. Thanks, Al. Um, so it's good when you're looking at your fertilizers. The first number is nitrogen, phosphorus, NPK, and then potassium. So your nitrogen helps green up your growth. Uh, Your leaves, your phosphorus helps with flower development, and then your potassium helps uh, build strong roots and stems. Uh, So what you want to do before you start just willingly adding stuff to your soil, always do a soil test. Make sure you know what you're using and why you're using it and why you want to add it. Our soils here in Minnesota are pretty high in phosphorus, so we don't normally add that to our lawns. But, in your garden, you may need to because you 're taking out a lot of nutrition from the soil, so you you do want to do that um, any of your garden plants that you are annual, you can keep fertilizing them that 's really good. Any of your plants that are perennials, you should stop fertilizing them they don 't need any more fertilizer for the year and um with the with the crops that are growing we've had some really weird weather. We've had some hot weather that tend to put that tends to put a lot of plants just into a I'm not doing anything right now stage and they just wait it out. So tomatoes aren't growing and things aren't growing. They aren't they don't seem to be doing anything. Once the weather evens out a little bit, things should start getting growing again. Those okay, are good go. points Al, thanks.
1: All right. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six for your phone calls or the text messages. Here's a text Says, I moved a coral plant a month ago. Should I fertilize it? And if so, what kind of fertilizer?
2: Okay, I'm not 100% sure what a coral plant is.
1: Mm-mm.
2: But anytime you move a plant and you replant it, uh, make sure that you put it in nice soil that you've added compost to. And um, once it's established, after about a month or so, you can fertilize it. Now, I've just said don't fertilize the plants that are that are perennials so probably you want to just not fertilize it this year you've kind of missed the, the point of fertilizing or missed the pot uh, but what you can do is top dress it with a little compost that's a very gentle fertilizer if you really 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 want to fertilize it because you want to be really nice and you just Feel that need to use a very low fertilizer. One of the organic fertilizers, they'll have really low numbers, like 2, 4, 2, or something like that. And that won't hurt it. It'll be a slow release. But I wouldn't use anything too strong on it. It's just a baby plant. Make sure that you've, um, or just brand new plant. It's just been relocated, so it's a little stressed. So just keep it well watered. And then this winter, any of those plants that you've just planted this year, make sure you're protecting them. and um, Give them maybe a little bit of winter protection just for their first year. And then just keep watering them till the, till the ground is frozen. Uh, as they need it. Don't keep watering 24-7. Just water as they need it.
1: Very good. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Dennis is calling in from Madness Heights, I believe, this morning. Dennis, you're on with Teresa Rooney.
2: Hi, Dennis. Good morning. I've got a question on uh,
1: my aunt gave me some Crandall currants that are really nice, uh, but they grow really fast and I've ignored them for about the last five years how
2: How far back can I cut those? You know I would refer definitely to the yard and garden line or Extension site to make sure but i believe you could probably give those guys a hard pruning um i'm not a hundred percent sure of the timing so i don't want to tell you the wrong thing my guess would be in the spring you would want to prune those but that would be my guess for renewal pruning i would definitely go to the extension site and double check on that i don't want to tell you the wrong thing on this but yeah it, and it may cause you know, sometimes you can do a renewal pruning where it takes a few years to bring it back, and some plants, you could just cut everything way back, and they'll flush out nicely for you. And I'm not 100% sure about currents, so I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Okay. Good luck, though.
1: This text, uh, it's not really, well, it's kind of a question. It's uh, Our nine bark is covered with white fungus have pruned. That's all the text says, not any more yep. information.
2: Yeah, so that's a, that's powdery mildew, and nine bark is really susceptible to powdery mildew. It's just the kind of plant it is. There are some varieties that are low-resistant. So you don't really have to prune it out. It's just a cosmetic thing. So if you want to, you can next year treat it with a fungicide before you see the powdery mildew. It's really just a a cosmetic thing. It usually doesn't hurt the plant. Um, If you can do some strategic pruning to open up the plant a little bit so it gets a little more air circulation um, and, and... Get good air circulation in there. And if you do have, say, a sprinkler system, make sure that the sprinkler system isn't putting water on the leaves, that it's just putting water on the soil. All of those things will help for you. But nine bark, you know, nine bark, flock, lilacs, they just are very prone. And in Minarda, they're just very prone to powdery mildew. It just is what it is with those plants, unless you get a resistant variety. It's, it's a, yeah. So even your squashes and we okay. live in a hot humid or we live we have hot humid summers which is perfect for
1: strawberry number. Now we were talking about the arboretum uh first half of the show and the texture says they have an area all prepared for a rain garden and the question is is, is there an example at the arboretum? I don't uh, know.
2: You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure if there is, but throughout Minneapolis-St. Paul area, we have a lot of rain gardens installed. Uh, you can go to the Blue Thumb Metro Blue Thumb Metro Blooms website. There's some great pictures of rain gardens. Uh, some great information on it. They usually run some super classes in the spring on rain gardens. Um, you can also just Google pictures of rain gardens. Uh, there's just a ton of them out there. I know some neighborhoods. I, I have a master gardener friend who they installed a whole bunch of rain gardens in their neighborhood out on the boulevard, and all the neighbors got involved. So rain gardens are just an amazing thing. So you can you can get a lot of pictures. But, yep, that's a good question. I would guess the Arboretum has one, but I'm not hundred percent sure, so I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Yet.
1: Well, they might even contact the uh, arboretum
2: i would I would contact the arboretum. you can even just google the go to the website and yeah. see if they mention anything about rain gardens because they have a lot of in, well, they have a lot of instructional guard, instructional gardens out there,
1: so yeah. very good. Uh, Let's go back to the phones uh, before we have to take another break. I think Ruby is calling in from Stacy. Ruby, you're on with Teresa Rooney.
2: Hi, Ruby. Hi, good morning. I have two questions, totally different, one about flowers and one about tomatoes. I have some tomato plants that are looking awesome. They're in a cage upright, about five feet tall. The problem being is there is so much green foliage in there, I can't hardly see them even when they're ripe. Can I trim off some of that? You can certainly trim off some of the foliage. That's absolutely not a problem at all. Uh, In fact, um, some people trim a lot of foliage off, but then your chemicals can get sunburned. And the more foliage you prune, the less photosynthesizing is going to go on. But, yes, you can prune because some of those plants do get a little crazy, especially if your soil runs a little high in nitrogen. Uh, So, yeah, go ahead and prune those plants off or those leaves off. And your question on what else? The other one is I'm redoing a a flower garden, and I have a lot of bulbs of uh, spring bulbs. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if I can plant those, and then I plant my basically daylilies also on top. But I want to put mulch on. Will those bulbs like uh, daffodils come up through the mulch? They should as long as your mulch is only an inch or two thick. So it's, it, you don't want it, you know, seven, eight inches. And right. you want to plant your, your daylilies maybe just off to the side or have your daffodils around them. So they, so the daffodils don't have to come up through the daylilies because that root system is crazy busy, crazy thick. So you offset them just a little bit, but that's a good way also to hide your dying daylily foliage because it's kind of in with the I'm sorry, hide your daffodil foliage because it's kind of in with the daylily foliage and they all kind of look the same. And and so, yeah, it's a great way to to get more than one season of of bloom out of the Mm -hmm. same area. Good idea. Okay. Well, thank you. You bet.
1: All right. Thanks, Ruby. Ruby leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. I tell you, I was going to take a break, but I want to get Donna's call in here uh, from Plymouth because I know we're getting kind of backed up. Donna, what is your question for Teresa?
2: Hi, Donna. Hi, um, I have two questions. I have two large, uh, ver- two different variety flowering trees with the big white flowers. And how? what time of year can I prune those? You want Those are probably magnolias. You want to prune any of your spring-blooming flowers right after they bloom. Oh, right after. Mm-hmm. If, if they've set their buds already, in fact, you could probably go out there and see the flower buds already. So any of your spring blooming plants already have their buds set for next year, and and so you want to prune them just after they flower. Okay. If they're, like, hanging down, the lower branches are hanging quite low. You can. You can prune them now. You're just cutting off next year's flowers. That's all. So it's not a big deal. Okay. I just have another quick question. Um, When I have uh, hostas and daylilies, right now they're browning on the edges of the leaves. Mm -hmm. Uh, what should I do about that? I would ignore it and and you want to think your plants have been out there through all kinds of all kinds of weather what would you look like if you were out there in all kinds of weather with no protection the leaves are getting old it's usually just the the leaves are maybe burned by by the sun or they got broken if you don't like the look cut off the brown parts. it's not a big deal it's all probably cosmetic and
1: nothing to worry about. All right, very good. We need to take a quick break again okay. with Teresa, but we have more show to come. Here we call it Smart Garden around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on News Talk 830, WCCO. Let's get back to our Smart Garden show. Danny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your, your uh, lawn and garden questions. Uh, Teresa, I want to get back to the text messages, but Gene uh, and Egan has uh, been hanging on the phone to ask you a question, and uh, let's uh, grab that call. Jean, you're on with Teresa.
2: Hi, Jean. Hi. I have a crab apple that's about 30 years old. The last time I trimmed it was two years ago. I read that I'm supposed to trim it in early spring when it's still a little cool outside. We're going to have some landscaping done at the end of August, and the landscaper told me he wants to give that tree a good shave. Is that gonna be okay? There there are a few branches that absolutely need to go. They're getting way too hung like hung like an arch and hitting the the, the lawnmower guy. So Okay. So what you wanna remember is crab apples are really susceptible to fire blight. So we're we have funguses and it's we have humid weather, it's really easy for them to get impacted and that can kill your tree within a week. So shaving no. Um uh, Strategic pruning, you can do if you must. You never want to take off more than a quarter of the tree at a time, so think of the whole tree and take off just the limbs that you need to. And, again, you have to sterilize your cutting equipment, make your cut properly, seal that cut, sterilize your cutting equipment, make the cut seal the cut you have to do that try to do it on a day where it's a little less humid and it's bright and sunny so that's what you want to do if you have to prune your crab apple otherwise it is better to prune it in the in the late winter early early spring before fire blight and other insects come out Mm -hmm. or insects come out fire blights and a disease
1: okay good luck Texture says something is eating my tomatoes. It leaves a two-inch circle and only is just a little deeper than the outer flesh part. What do you think?
2: Uh, that would be probably either a squirrel or a chipmunk, or it could be birds pecking at it too. So if you can figure out who's doing it, you might be able to protect it. Um, If you think it is a squirrel or a chipmunk and the chippies usually take the the fruit, the squirrels just bite into it. They're a little bit thirsty, so try to have some open water, fresh open water around. That will really help them. Um, You can also try protecting it. With bird netting, now the squirrels can get in there if they have to, but it would protect it from birds. So those are some options that you have. And next year, if you run into this, you may want to, as soon as you plant your tomatoes, just have a small dish nearby, a bird bath that you keep nicely um, clean, water in there at all times, and all the critters that are thirsty will go into that and, and they'll take that instead of your your uh, fruit. However, squirrels are also looking for apples. And those
1: nice red tomatoes might look like an apple, but they bite into it and say, oh, this isn't an apple. And so they don't really want it. All right. Here's a text, uh, Teresa. It says, uh, got a huge Spanish lavender plant for Mother's Day. Tried everything, every location, fertilizer, give it plenty of water, tried drying it out, bushy, healthy, tiny sage green leaves with some long, narrow yellow leaves, but it will not bloom. What am I doing wrong?
2: Um, okay, first of all, the Spanish lavender is not hardy here. Uh, It it could be that it was blooming when you got it, and then all the transplanting and moving and everything, it just isn't going to bloom again. It's not hardy for our area, so you want to make sure you put it in a pot. Uh, Keep it a little on the drier side. It's a Mediterranean herb, so you want it a little bit drier. Most of your herbs don't need a lot of fertilizing, so don't fertilize it. Things that are, are too well fertilized, a lot of times the flowers and the plants, they don't they don't often will not flower because the the idea of a plant is to create more plants if life is good and the living is easy they don't feel the need to often create more plants so they often won't go to flower but if you sometimes can back off on the fertilizer and it's a little tough then the plant says I gotta make babies for the next generation so then it will flower. But it could just be that we don't have enough sunshine here. We don't have enough heat here for the for the for the plant, or it's just had too much too much nutrition. So keep it in a in a container. It's not going to overwinter unless you just want to treat it as an annual. Good luck.
1: Okay. Another text says: When should I cut down peonies?
2: Um, I try to leave all my plants up as long as they're photosynthesizing. That's giving them energy to get through the winter, build up those carb stores in the roots, and then come out of winter nice and strong. So once the leaves die down, you do want to clean up your peonies to the ground. Uh, so wait as long as you possibly can. If you're headed out of town, you're you're, you're uh, uh, you know somebody who spends the winter in another area of town, or you have to prune it by a certain time leave it as late as possible, and then do your pruning. And that's what I would suggest for any plants that you cut down.
1: Okay. There's a lawn question. Uh, how do I remedy bent grass that is taking over my backyard? Began as a few one-foot spots and now is five to six-foot spots.
2: Yep. And bentgrass is is in the South they use it a lot in the South, but it's not a good not a good grass for us up here, neither is the zoya grass, so you'll have to remove it. you can physically remove it you can use a grass killer on it uh, those are your options it's the best thing to do you you want to get rid of it because it will outcompete and and You've already seen how much it, it expands. So you do want to get rid of that as quickly as you can. And So a manual pulling it out and replanting proper grass or kill it, read the instructions on the on the herbicide that you're using, always read and follow and understand the instructions, and then replant at the proper time, after, whatever the instructions say, how long you have to wait.
1: Good luck. We, we have about less than a minute and a half, real fast. Can I trim back my clematis in the fall, or do I want to leave the brown plant on the trellis?
2: You need to know when when it blooms and how it blooms, if it blooms on new wood, old wood, or both. So you'll need to know what kind of clematis you have, and that will tell you when to prune it.
1: And the last one, is it a good idea to aerate my lawn before I overseed my lawn? Yes. Yeah. That's amazing how much that really helps.
2: It does, yeah. You've had really good luck with it.
1: Yeah. Now, in the last uh, 60 seconds or 50 seconds, let's uh, let's bring back that uh, website for folks okay. who uh, want to check it out.
2: Okay, we have extension.umn.edu. You can get a lot of great information. Hennepin County Master Gardeners have taken some preservation classes, so we'll be doing preservation classes through your local adult ed training. So look for that. And I just want to say a big thanks to you and your group there and all your CCO listeners for having us on. We love you guys.
1: Well, we love you guys, too. You do such a great job for our listeners
0: and us as well. We
1: learn a lot. Teresa, thanks so much. I know we'll be talking with you again here on the show. You
2: will. Have a happy day, everybody.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.